This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Maybe it's just that you don't know how to use social courtesy. Oh, that's old-fashioned. Watch how Lizzie Post and Dan Post act as host and hostess. They know that courtesy means showing respect, thinking of the other person, real friendliness. Hello! And welcome to Awesome Etiquette. Where we explore modern etiquette through the lens of consideration, respect, and honesty. On today's show, we take your etiquette questions on friends and communication, thank you notes for twins, tipping on split meals, a lack of celebration for a college grad, and how to handle a moving away gift for a friend. Plus your most excellent feedback etiquette salute and a postscript segment on vacation etiquette. For Awesome Etiquette Sustaining Members, your extra question of the week is about not wanting to discuss your baby name options. You can listen to your ads-free version of the show with its extra question by downloading it at awesomeetiquette.emilypost.com or on your mobile device, just download the Teachable app and you'll find us there. All that coming up. Awesome Etiquette comes to you from the studios of Vermont Public Radio and is proud to be produced in Burlington, Vermont, by the Emily Post Institute. I'm Lizzie Post. And I'm Dan Post-Senning, and I want to welcome my cousin back. Thank you, cousin. I have missed you. (laughs) Well, I missed you, too. I've got to tell you, you look so refreshed. You look happy and well and full of life. Thank you. I think it's I did not get much sleep last night, and I drank coffee this morning. I think sometimes that just happens. You have a tan. But it's covering I do have up a tan. any tiredness I do you have might a be tan. feeling. I went down to Martha's Vineyard with my whole family, and it was really nice. I have one of those uh, crazy, awesome families where you know your fourth cousin twice removed, like, and you actually know what they're up to. And I don't know how you keep track of it. All. It is really we, we have a Facebook group, but I love going down and seeing um, my mom's side of the family because we aren't a famous, you know, post family. But there's a lot of history. There's um, a lot of connection to the, the the family property that's still in the family. And it just it's really wonderful to go there. And we all love this place so much. And we all get to connect and talk and catch up and it really feels like a big family reunion every time. Well, I'm not going to ask you to map it all out. Okay, because it's a lot. <laughs> it would take a chart. But I will tell you that your absence was noted here. And <laughs> over the course of the time that you were away, various family friends came and went. And, oh, where's Lizzie? What's going on? And I would say, oh, she's down in the vineyard with her parents and her sister. and My nephew. <laughs> and out and outward and outward. Yeah. And everybody always said, oh, I'm so jealous. Because... <laughs> You've also been really good about including a lot of people in that experience. They're often guests. They're often friends of the family there as well. Totally. So I, I have felt that circuit <laughs> circle expand. I've been a part of it at times. Yes. It really is. It's a remarkable family that your mother actually really helped steward at this point. Yeah, my mom. My mom's family is a really. It's a really special, cool group of people. And um. And yeah, I feel very fortunate. So yes, I am feeling very filled up. Very you know, very good. Honestly, very ready to be back at work. Like I had kind of an extra day. I wound up catching an earlier ferry boat. <clears throat> Cousin, I totally could have come into work yesterday, and I, I, 
totally didn't. You were gonna walk through the <laughs> no. door. I had taken the extra day because I couldn't get the ferry reservation on the right day. And when I got it switched, I said I'm gonna keep my extra day. And I'm really glad I did because I did do something special that I wanted to mention on the show, and that was that yesterday I got to meet my editor for the book that I'm I'm currently editing. Um, she lives out in California where her company is based, and it was really exciting to get to meet her in person. Her husband's family vacations here in Vermont, and so we got to go and spend the day getting creamies and going to creamies are a Vermont soft serve. If anyone's curious, um, and they really are better and different, even though they're made with all the same stuff. And uh, we went to Bristol Falls and hung out with Benny in the river all day, and it was just a really very cool way to get to know someone that you're you're working really intensely with. We could almost call that a work day. It's a nice transitional okay, work day. I'm back glad you in. feel good about it. I'm glad. I'm glad you're taking that that angle, cuz I'm glad you're taking that angle. <laughs> well, this is a terrible transition, but we need to continue. I know the work transition. <laughs> we have a show to do. We really do, and we have a lot to get to in this show. So let's get started. Awesome Etiquette is here to answer your questions on how to behave. And if you have a question for us, you can email it to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. Leave us a voicemail or text message at 802-858-KIND. That's 802-858-5463. Or please find us on Twitter and Facebook. Just use the hashtag Awesome Etiquette so we know you want your question on the show. Awesome Etiquette gets support from StoryWorth. There are some stories about your mom's life that you truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, mom's retelling of the events always brings a bit of joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, we here at Awesome Etiquette found the perfect gift that can capture all of your mom's stories for your family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mom or a mother figure in your life for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. What was your first job? Who was your first crush? (laughs) StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is to respond to the email prompt with a story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. I did this with my mom, and it was really, really rewarding. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's responses as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories, some you probably already know, or maybe the ones that you're surprised by you haven't heard before. (laughs) After that year of fun discovery and reminiscing, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. You can even keep a copy of the book for yourself. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift that you all will cherish for years. Story Worth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash manners. That's storyworth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash manners. It's manners with an S to save $10 on your first purchase. And now back to our show. Our first question, friends or forgotten? I'm a newish listener to the podcast, and I can't get enough. A friend of mine, hi, Cora, 
recommended you to me. And catching up on old episodes not only brightens my day, but reminds me to bring more humanity and compassion into my life and my interactions with others. Thank you. I think we should probably say thank you. That's a really nice thought. I know. It's a really nice thought. (laughs) So I have a question today about a friendship that sometimes rankles me. I have a dear friend whom I've known for eight years. We get along extremely well, and I would consider her one of my closer friends. We don't stay in touch too often, but the frequency of contact isn't a primary concern for me. What I find frustrating is that I periodically, maybe once a month, reach out via text to say hello, and very often I don't hear back. I understand that lots of people aren't great at texting, but she posts regularly, sometimes daily, about her activities on Facebook. It's hard not to feel ignored when you know your friend is on her phone but isn't responding to you. Is there a way to bring this up with her that is friendly but clear? I understand that things come up, and I want to respect her time, but I do feel slighted. Should I simply wait until we catch up next and bring it up? I'm at a bit of a loss and could use some help. Many thanks, friends or forgotten. Oh, my goodness. Friends are forgotten in the age of the handheld device. It is so hard to realize that even with all the ability to respond ASAP and the drive to connect to social media on a, and post to social media on a really regular basis, we don't always respond to text messages and, and even voicemails in a timely manner. And it's very easy for them to fall off the screen page to a point where then you're you're not, you know, checking it. Or I know what will happen to me is if I've got a bunch of work texts that come in, it pushes that text message with the blue dot on it all the way down below. Or if I saw the message and the blue dot is gone... You know, and you can't mark it as unread. And so sometimes it really does kind of get lost in your communications feed. And you get going on your day and your friend who you really want to tell about this, that and the other thing says, hey, how's it going? And you want to tell her about this, that and the other thing. But you can't take the time to text it. You don't have the time to call. So you move on with your day and you post to social media and you do these things. And your friend is left sitting there thinking, well, clearly you're using your phone. Why didn't you respond to me? We really, as a society, need to disconnect the response time from the fact that someone is going to be having that handheld device in use, probably even while we wish they were responding to us and they aren't. It's a fact. I mean, Dan, am I wrong? Am I crazy? Am I just letting technology rule our lives here? No, there are so many factors that are coming together here that I almost don't know where to begin. I I think this is a phenomenal question to start the show with. (laughs) There's a lot of traditional etiquette. There's the idea that I've reached out to you. Some sort of reply is warranted. Yes. At the same time, there's the reality that we are all sorting and filtering so much information in today's world that it can be hard to keep track of. There's... The elements of friendships that have nothing to do with technology where friendships have rhythms Mm -hmm. and some friends are just so good at being friends. I'm thinking about those people in my life that I know that always remember to send the card and always reach out on your birthday. and Or just when they're thinking of you. They have that moment and they actually then call you. <laughs> and I appreciate it so much. And it always inspires me just a little bit to be a little better, to be that kind of friend. And I, I wish I could say I was on that list for all the people in my friend list. Yeah. And I, I feel like I fall short sometimes. I feel like I'm... The one that doesn't always remember for all those reasons that you talked about. Sometimes it's just the volume that you're managing. Sometimes it's the best intentions becoming the enemy of just doing that simple good thing. Like I have so much I want to talk about that I don't just send that quick little note or check in. There is so much going on in this question. I think to parse it down. Yes. I think that you start to focus on what you can control, which is your reactions, your responses. Yep. And 
the more you can remind yourself, I'm going to be that good friend. I'm going to reach out when I'm thinking about it. I'm going to send that little note. I'm not going to worry about whether they're doing that Facebook from their phone or from their desk or why they might choose to prioritize social media posting instead of individual replies. I'm going to let all of that just sort of filter (laughs) and and, and become just like a little voice that's there but isn't the dominant voice that isn't going to prevent me from being that excellent friend who is so inspiring. Mm -hmm. And you never know in the same way that I read this question and said, I'm going to be a better friend. I'm going to take this as inspiration. Your friend might be watching you and thinking that's the kind of friend I want to be. And I hope she sticks around, you know, like and, and even if that's not the thought that's there yet, she might be really appreciating you for being that kind of friend. And if she's like me, she's probably thinking to herself, I can't wait till I see that person Mm -hmm. because that's where I really connect with my friends. And when that happens, the work that you've done to maintain that friendship really is foundational for maintaining and sustaining that high-value friendship. My shorthand trick for doing just that, for kind of not taking it personally or not sitting around questioning why I'm being left in the dust here on this nice act that I'm reaching out with, is to remind myself of the reality, which is I don't know. I don't know what my friend is doing. I don't know why she or he couldn't respond to that message in the moment. I don't know why they're choosing to prioritize a post or this or that. I don't know. So why would I choose to sit around and make up the negative version of it? And if you're going to sit around and make up the negative version, give yourself an equal amount of the positive version. But my shorthand is to just go to, I don't know. And so move on with my day. You can eventually, if this is kind of something that really sticks in your friendship and is really nagging at you, you might bring it up. You might talk about it. But... I think when you start to try to manage someone else's response time and manage someone else's um, device usage, that that starts to feel like micromanaging. It is different from saying, hey, I was just curious, should I not be sending the hey, how are you texts? Like, you know, that's a different approach to the same addressing of the issue. I like that because I was also wondering how to answer that question of, do I say something? If I do want to say something, how do I do it? And I like that idea of keeping the focus on you yeah. so that you're you're not trying to give direction yeah. in terms of this is the way I'd like you to be my friend. Although sometimes a friendship needs that needs that and can 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 absorb that yes. and it can really be an improvement. So it, you can there's a little in. bit of a sort of an assessment that yeah. goes into that thought. But I definitely would proceed with caution because like you say, people – make very personal choices about how they use their devices. It might just be, I, I, I commit to work time as much as I can. I try not to do texts yeah. during the day. Whatever. There, I could invent a oh, hundred reasons. Kids, jobs, health, all kinds of things come into family. All kinds of stuff comes into play. But the more that you can separate out the lack of reply from a, a connection to my friend doesn't like me or have time for me or prioritizes so much other stuff over me, I think the better off you're going to feel about the friendship. And if you do have that conversation, keeping that focus away from that feeling of neglect will allow your friend to hear and and, and absorb what you're saying with 
more ease. Friends do this from time to time. You check in with each other. Even my friend Caroline and I last night, we, you know, she finally called me back after like a month, and and she was like, "I'm such a rotten friend." I was like, "No, dude, like stuff happens." Like, but I'm just so glad to have you on the phone now. It just happens to not be a good time for me, and it was the irony of it, and we could laugh about it. But um, I have other friends who we've said things like, "I've said like, hey, I don't want my my text to feel annoying or pressured." Like, is it still like, do you want me reaching out right now? I know you're really busy. There are ways to kind of check in with your friends about your communication. And that can be kind of a low stakes, low pressure thing to do so that you feel a little bit better about this. Friends but not forgotten. We think you are friends but not forgotten. And we hope that this helps you feel not forgotten. It's fun to be with people you like, isn't it? Yes, it's it's always good to be with your friends. Your friends at school. And your friends at work. And your friends at home. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Our next question is about twin thank yous. Hi, Awesome Etiquette. Still loving the podcast. I have a question. My twins just turned two, and I am sitting here writing thank you notes for all the lovely gifts they received. At what point do we need to start doing separate thank yous from each twin? And when we do that, can they both go into one envelope? Sometimes they each receive a gift, usually the same thing except from godparents, or they receive one toy for both of them to share. Does that make a difference in the thank yous? Thank you for your help, Megan. P.S. Twin etiquette could be a great postscript, as I know gift givers often struggle with what to do. Just saying. I love that. Okay, great question. Great postscript suggestion. (laughs) We often talk about how etiquette can be applied to any situation. I don't think we've really addressed twin etiquette, but we've talked about the way people talk to twins. Yeah. So I guess we have done a little bit of twin etiquette. Yeah. This is a new take. This is a new take on it. And I got to say, I think that that if they if they've been given a toy to share, if they've been or, you know, something to share, I think you're in really good stead writing the note from both twins and having it be one note with with both their names on it. You know, like when you and Pooja get a gift, even though you're married, you're not siblings, you get a gift, you don't write separate thank you notes for the same gift, you know. But I do think that if they've gotten separate gifts, then I would write separate notes. I would put those notes in separate envelopes and then put the separate envelopes and with their separate notes together in one mailing thing. Remember we had that wonderful family that wrote in and said, it was actually really great when we pooled all of them together and, you know, they were delivered out amongst the family. I don't know if everyone remembers that episode long, long, long ago. Um, but that would be my vote. That would be my vote. I like the way you were thinking. There's okay. a certain logic to it. You're thinking about the where the gift is coming from, helping you make that decision. Two gifts, two thank yous. Yeah. One gift, one, one thank, thank you. One thank you, totally, yeah. I like the couple analogy. I had thought about it from the other side of the equation. Yeah. Are the thank you notes coming from you, mom, mom or from them, the twins? Yeah. And if you're getting to that stage where you're – 
teaching, thank you note writing and appreciation and gratitude. There are all sorts of fulfilling rewards that come from writing thank you notes and expressing thanks. (laughs) And even if it was a shared gift, that experience of taking ownership of that thank you might be a really important thing for each of them. If that thank you is coming from you on their behalf, maybe they're their signing their name or putting or... their thumbprint on or whatever it is that that, that helps include yeah. them in the process. But if it's really primarily coming from you, I think that's also the one, the one note. You don't need to write a note on behalf of each both twin yeah. of the twins. Yeah. So I, I really liked the the broad answer that came out of both of our answers totally. that you can think about the the where the gift's coming from and who's responding to it. That can help you make the choice. I think either could be appropriate depending on the situation. Absolutely. Megan, congratulations on your twins turning two. And thank you for wanting to keep the tradition of thank you notes going. Oh, manners. Our next question is titled, Let the Debates Begin. Get ready, cuz. <laughs> Here we go. Hi, Dan and Lizzie. I'm a longtime fan, and I'm so grateful for all of your hard work. You've taught me so much about approaching every situation with consideration, respect, and honesty. I was just listening to episode number 197, and your question on tipping at a counter got me thinking about my own tipping quandary. I'd love your help. When my husband and I go out to eat, we often split a meal. Portion sizes at most restaurants are just too large for us and wind up going to waste, even after turning it into tomorrow's lunch. Hmm. Plus, saving the money means we get to have date night more often. I know that it's customary to tip about 20% at a table service restaurant, but should we double that when we go out to make up for only ordering one meal? I know that servers rely on tips, and I'd hate to have someone receive far less than they should reasonably expect from waiting our table all evening just because of our unconventional dining choices. Still, a 40% tip for average service seems a bit excessive and defeats the purpose of us trying to eat out in a cost-effective way. What is an appropriate tipping amount in this situation? Additionally, some restaurants charge a plate fee for a few dollars to bring one meal out on two plates. Should we include this in our total amount when figuring out how much to tip? Thank you so much for all of your help, and I look forward to hearing your sound advice. (laughs) Best, Kristen. Kristen, thank you so much for this question. It's really a great question. A lot of people do this. They split a meal. There are plate fees. Sometimes there aren't plate fees. You do still have one server serving two people. That's two drink orders, too. So how do you handle that tip? Well, traditionally, because we tip a percentage— It's a percentage of whatever is happening at that table. And there is no law that says that when you walk into a restaurant, you have to order more than the small salad and a Coke or that you have to um, not split meals. I mean, sometimes some restaurants do make that a thing. And if they have, that's their thing. But um, there's there's nothing that says how much you have to spend. And when you sit down at a table, a server should not be giving you lesser service just because you're ordering uh, one non-alcoholic drink and a cup of soup. So I don't think you should have to tip 40% all of a sudden just because you're ordering less. But I do think if you wanted to toss a couple extra bucks down, maybe make it a 25% tip, you certainly could. There's no reason not to. But I don't think you're slighting anyone. Do you think they're slighting anyone? Not at all. Okay, but I like again. This is where the debate begins. But, yeah, yeah, and and to me, the the, the debate is around that twenty percent mm-hmm. number, and that's where tipping is sort of nice in some ways. Yeah. That you do have some latitude. You can think about exactly what it is that that you're basing that tip on, and if you've received excellent service and at a smaller restaurant where 
there aren't a lot of empty tables, you've been at a table for a relatively long meal, yeah, you might start to drift up from that 20%. Those might be some of the considerations that would start to enter your mind. If you're sitting in a restaurant where half the tables are empty and your very presence there is actually adding to someone's nightly tally, you're not a drain on their other tipping resources, Yeah, maybe not. But as as you mentioned, there's nothing that says you have to order from the more expensive side of the menu or the less expensive side. And I would really hope that service wasn't provided depending on how expensive your meal is. Or how many people are at your table. Hi, a single person really doesn't love that idea. (laughs) Absolutely. And that that 20% is the number that protects your server. It's a fair number. And Mm -hmm. we stand up for that number here on the show pretty strongly. We do. And I think that it's a good guide in Mm -hmm. terms of where you set your baseline. But I do really like your idea of allowing your tipping to drift up or down a little bit from there, depending on other factors that enter into your mind. And this is the kind of critical thinking about tipping and about how to reward good service and take care of service relationships and establishments. And it's really the opportunity to use tipping to support what you want to see happening. Dan, I couldn't agree more. And we want to continue this great debate. So please weigh in with your thoughts. How do you handle this when you choose to have a smaller meal or sit at a table for a long time with just a cup of tea? How do you handle it so that you feel really good about your interaction with your server? Please let us know. We have more tipping questions to come. Kristen, thank you so much. And we hope this helps and that you continue to enjoy more lovely date nights. Nah. This is no good. Beans, beans, beans. I'll have to start eating in restaurants. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Our next question is about the same celebration with smaller support. Hmm. Hi, I'm contacting you in regards to my daughter's college graduation. My daughter graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree in May of this year. We sent out announcements, and that's in quotes just so you know, that we purchased from her school. They were worded more for an invite to the graduation, but so were her high school announcements. We sent out to the usual family and close friends, the same ones that we sent high school graduation announcements to, too. These are the same family and friends that I send Christmas cards to every year. The problem is that we, or my daughter, has only heard back from about 5 out of 35. These 35 are the same people that sent her cards and gifts for her high school graduation and sent her sister last year cards and gifts for her high school graduation. I'm confused, and my daughter's feelings are hurt that hardly anyone has responded to her college announcements. It's not about gifts or money. It's just the fact that they haven't acknowledged her hard work and her huge accomplishment of graduating from college with a four-year degree. It's almost like high school was a bigger deal. Plus, she's the first grandchild from my husband's side of the family to graduate from college. Is there anything we can say or do without looking like we're begging for money? Signed, 
Confused mom of a college grad. Confused mom, congratulations. It is really nice to hear about your daughter's graduation. And it's a particular accomplishment to be the first in your family to go to a four-year college and to get a degree. That is um, something that she can be really proud of. And I can feel the pride that you have in your daughter coming through in this question. And I can also feel how awkward it must have felt to have sent out all of those announcements and to have heard from such a small percentage of those people. It's disappointing. I want to offer you some comfort and some solace. And that begins from a place of really traditional etiquette, which is that there is no standard for how to reply to an announcement, that announcements really are announcements. And I think there is some confusion that entered the equation here because this was an announcement that also kind of had a little bit announcement slash – Invite. Invite. Yeah. But really the the standard, the expectation around graduation announcements is is that they're about sharing the news. Mm -hmm. And you could say to yourself, you know, those five people that responded went above and beyond. Yes. That that was really an, an extra effort. And you can say I've got the kind of family that I watch make that extra effort. Around the high school graduation, a tradition that maybe is more familiar. Mm-hmm. So the 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 grooves have been etched in yeah. the behaviors and patterns and habits of the family in a way that people have an expectation that's already in their mind. And enjoy that. Enjoy that that is something that's going on and try not to feel the absence or the lack of it around the response to that college graduation announcement. And I would also say that I don't necessarily want to say this is right, but I do think it can happen. And sometimes we do tend to focus and celebrate our younger family members for their accomplishments. Like, And I could see a family really focusing on that high school because someone's young, they're 17, 18 years old, and and we are very used to celebrating them on an annual basis as a family often at that point. And, and you know, f- four years later, it's funny how you do kind of lose a little bit of track in the college years. And it just it might be more of a timing thing than anything. I also really remember that my high school graduation was much more tame compared to my college graduation celebration. And I honestly believe that much of that had to do with the fact that my parents were incredibly social during my college years and I was very social with them. So there was this network of folks who were paying attention to and focused on my senior year of college and talking about it with me. And so it it was like they were in this social place of entertaining and and gathering, and it worked well to celebrate something. In my life at that time, there was just a lot of regular support around. And I know that my folks' lives right now are ones where, you know— we aren't gathering quite as much as a family. We aren't doing as many things like that right now. And I could see something like an accomplishment kind of going a bit more unnoticed. And I I don't know if that's really what's going on here or not, but I thought I would just offer it up. It was one of the things I'd been thinking about when we read this. I said, I just wonder like where... Where the family is with their social, where these 35 are kind of in their social connection. There might be all kinds of factors. But I really like that thought that in some ways it might be an acknowledgement of her adulthood, that the, <laughs> the, the independence is assumed, that they don't, she doesn't maybe need that reply as yeah. much or, or that it's not as, as pressing a thought in people's minds. Yeah. I, I thought I would finish out by saying – Confused mom, we hope this helps you feel a little less confused. And I would finish with a reminder to say, and it sounds like you have when I read this question, 
remind your daughter, tell your daughter how proud you are of her. The support and affirmation of our parents is something that always feels good and is always much appreciated. You can provide that support that you might feel is lacking just a little bit and use this as an opportunity to do that. And from both Dan and I, we would like to say to your daughter, congratulations on this amazing accomplishment. She just came by to tell you that she was supposed to deliver your invitation to Mary's party three days ago, but she forgot. Thank you. Thank you so much. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Our final question today is about moving away gifts. Hello, my friend is moving away and she is hostessing a luncheon to thank all her friends for memories we have given her. The luncheon is to be held at a restaurant. My question is, should I take a gift? Thank you, Kathy. Great thought, great question, and I love your friend. I love your friend for being proactive about gathering her friends together rather than waiting for everyone to try and do some big send-off. Instead, it's, let me tell you how much I've appreciated you, even though I'm the one leaving. We focus on introductions. I love just a little bit of a focus on goodbyes. Yes. Partings are so important. How do you say goodbye? And it's not up to other people to always wish us well and send us off. We can say we care about you and the time we've spent together as part of our departure. Yes. It is a really nice thing that's going on here and I love the inspiration to reciprocity yes that it's in, that it's bringing yes from an etiquette standpoint there isn't an obligation for a gift there is no such thing as the social obligation for a parting or going away gift it's a nice idea mm-hmm. if i felt so inspired i would be thinking about something small sweet sentimental maybe a little funny mm-hmm. but in the spirit of thanks for all the memories something for someone to take with them that would remind them of a relationship or a place or time spent together an experience mm-hmm. that you had or shared is a nice idea i don't think it um will hurt but i wouldn't feel like it was something i had to do either if it's coming from that place of generosity I think it could be a really nice gesture. So etiquette podcast, so etiquette thought. <laughs> My etiquette thought is is much along the lines of we answer this question, do you bring a gift or not to like an engagement party, for instance? And the idea is that you do want to make sure that you aren't bringing a gift and presenting it to someone and then having the rest of the people at the table feel badly that they hadn't or that it, it just somehow creates awkwardness. And so the one kind of etiquette tip I would give is Bring your gift with you um, if if it can fit conveniently in a bag or or you can leave it in the car and bring it out later or something like that. I just – I don't know the logistics. I don't know if we're traveling by bus or what we're doing to get to the dinner. But I think that if if the gift is something that you can bring with you and then – bring out if other people are doing this or not. I mean, and this is the funny thing, right? Because if everyone's on their etiquette best, then 
everyone's secretly hiding a gift in their bag or in their pocket. Um, I also really love the idea of a card. A card is never something that makes other people usually feel bad. And so um, when I was a kid at summer camp, we used to write plane letters and you would read your plane or bus letters or your drive home letters, stuff from all your friends. You might consider writing a plane letter or something like that instead, just something that you can hand to her at the end. You even might, if no one gives a gift at the table or something like that, choose to, to give something afterwards and say, hey, I'd love to just walk around the block with you for a minute or can we sit on this bench and I just wanted to say something a little special and give you something I thought of, but I didn't want to do it in front of everybody. Something like that. These are all options. You can kind of get the gift and then find the right moment by being prepared in the chances you have to connect with her. I like your etiquette thought. You're okay. so practical. You actually, this is, this is the reason you're so good at sample scripts. You think about the moment and what actually that moment feels <laughs> okay. like and giving the gift in front of other people, you're you're not wanting to make them Show feel like they should or, have or, or, yeah. or bring the emphasis to your gift giving and not the parting and the celebration of the friendship that everybody's there to do. I was thinking along the lines of if this is your opportunity to give that gift in person, you might seize it. But I like that idea of reading the room and finding a way to make that handoff discreet, personal, to deliver it (laughs) with sort of appropriate feeling without making other people feel bad or taking attention away from that shared experience that your hostess is looking to generate. Kathy, we hope this helps and we hope that you have a wonderful time celebrating such a great friendship. They do the kind of things you expect of your friends. Friends. That's it. Thank you for your questions. Please, please, please send us your updates, comments, and feedback on our answers to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail or text at 802-858-KIND. That's 802-858-5463. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Just use the hashtag awesomeetiquette so we know you want your question or feedback on the show. And sustaining members, we are looking to hear from you. Please, please, please remember to include sustaining member in your question so that we answer your question over on the sustaining member website. Each week, we like to hear your thoughts about the questions we answer and the topics we cover. We are still talking about the uh, auto-reply response that we discussed in a postscript segment a few episodes back. And We've had so much great response from you all, and there has been so much focus on sample scripts and how to better word this away email request notice or message. And I thought that we should also share Ingrid's perspective because it's one that Dan and I actually both had had this moment when we read the question, too. And I think that Ingrid's thoughts are probably shared by many people. And I love the fact that our audience is so great at coming up with solutions for technology. And I also really appreciate Ingrid's perspective, which really uh, focuses back on, I would say, the, the foundation of etiquette. And I like the fact that we're not going to lose that here. So, Dan, take us away with Ingrid's perspective. Ingrid begins, Lizzie and Dan, I'm a regular listener and sustaining member, and I had a very negative reaction to the Postscript segment in episode 201. This was the discussion of an automatic email reply notifying senders that their emails would be deleted from the server after eight hours and asking senders to resend their email after the receiver was back from vacation. From my perspective... 
this automatic reply violates the etiquette principles of consideration and respect. I think it's inconsiderate and disrespectful of the receiver to ask senders to do the same task twice just because he or she is not checking email while on vacation. After all, email is asynchronous communication, and the sender's emails will be waiting in the receiver's inbox upon his or her return. I think it would be more appropriate for the automatic reply to say something like, Thank you for reaching out to me. I will be away from the office July X through August X, and will not be responding to email during that time. I will respond to your email as soon as I can after my return to the office. If you need immediate assistance regarding X, please contact my colleague so-and-so at contact information provided. I would love for this response to be read on air. Thanks for a wonderful podcast. Ingrid, thank you so much for sharing your perspective. I really appreciate your thinking about the fundamentals and the etiquette essentials here. Me too. And I would say in conclusion, but based on the amount of feedback we've gotten about this question, I think that this discussion will continue. So thank you for keeping it going. Our next piece of feedback begins. Hi, Lizzie and Dan. Love the podcast. This comment is regarding the question where a listener asked about tipping for a curbside grocery service at their local grocery store. I know for Walmart specifically, the associates do not accept tips. I suspect that this could be the policy at other large grocery chains, too. It might be best to check the store's website to see if they mention a no-tipping policy. Also, on the Walmart website, they do encourage customers to complete the feedback survey to express gratitude for good service. This seems like it could be a great way to acknowledge the associate's great work, especially if you mention the associate by name. Cheers, Catherine. I love the idea of mentioning someone by name, taking the time to find out someone's name, to even just read a name badge and remember it and acknowledge that person. I think that is a a really nice idea, Catherine. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for sending us your thoughts and updates. Please keep them coming. You can send your comment or update to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com or leave us a message or text at 802-858-KIND. That's 802-858-5463. It's time for our Postscript segment, where we dive deeper into a topic of etiquette. And today's Postscript is about, surprise, vacation. Yeah, absolutely. It's still summer. It is still summer. It is still so summer. Much, and you know what? Summer be darned. It's not the only season to take vacation in. Yes. <laughs> yes. So in preparation for yes. all of these vacations, <laughs> these great vacations we're going to be taking all year now. Yep. Help me out. Okay. Number one, I would say that, uh, and Dan, I'm pretty sure you agree. Number one is to set expectations ahead of time. What are the dates that everyone's coming for, arriving at? I know when, for instance, my parents go and stay at a place for a number of weeks and they invite different people at different times. So there's a lot of coordinating and making sure that there's enough beds for everyone and that there's, you know, food being brought down. Coordinating bedrooms ahead of time is really helpful. There is nothing worse than showing up and being disappointed or thinking that you're going to be in the master suite when really you're in the bunkhouse and it's really awkward and it's really important that you come up with a system that your family or that the folks you were vacationing with feel fair for the division of bedrooms. There are many different ways to do this. There is not just one way to do this. Expectations can mean so many things. Yes. It can mean we're going to buy a one-way ticket, put on our backpacks, and walk <laughs> into the wilderness, and we don't know when we're coming out. But you could set expectations for unplanned time, yes, for you can. adventure travel. Yes, you can. 
I would, for one, really appreciate knowing ahead of time <laughs> that the expectation is adventure travel and we're not going to have an itinerary. You went, because you just went like way bigger and broader than I even thought. I was sitting here thinking of the two family vacations you and I just went on where it's like you're renting a house and you got to pick bedrooms in the house. And you're like, no, no, wait, back up because what type of trip are we taking? <laughs> good point. Good point. Good point. It can point. be anything. That expectation setting is important no matter what endeavor you're embarking on. If you're going to be doing it with other people, supplies, dates, bedrooms, and activities planned. These are the big ones to cover. And when it comes to those activity plan, activities planned, this is our second point. If you're doing a group vacation, you really want to make sure that each person or each family or each couple choose something that's important to them to try to make their, we really want to get this done on the trip. We really want this to happen. Pick one or two or two or three, depending on your trip and you know your time and your availability, but really try to carve that out so that other people on the trip can be looking out and helping to support making that happen. Share the setting of priorities. Yes. And if you're going to absolve yourself from this duty, (laughs) share that. You know, I plan to put my feet up and not make a plan this entire trip. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay, too. Um, I am going to just take a page out of the Puja Senning book and say meal plans, meal plans, meal plans, meal plans, meal plans plans. I do think that when you have a, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine person trip that you're on, it is really helpful to coordinate meals ahead of time, whether that's each kind of group or family or pairing or person does is in charge of a meal or whether it's setting up what those meals are going to be ahead of time. When you're all busy doing things and having fun, it's really hard to then have seven o'clock roll around and no one knows what's happening for dinner yet. Tip number four, check in with each other. You've done the work ahead of time. You've prepared ahead of time. You've shared priorities. You're well-fed, hopefully (laughs) well-rested. Now's the time to take care with each other. On that vacation, on that trip, whatever it is, look at the person next to you and say, how you doing? Are you having fun? Are we having fun yet? (laughs) Is there anything missing? (laughs) Um, Tell each other how you're feeling. I am so loving X, Y, or Z. Don't forget to enjoy the experience and part of enjoying that experience is connecting and sharing that experience together. So don't forget to be present in the moment, look at that person next to you and talk about what you're doing. Absolutely. And to just piggyback on that is our fifth tip of speak positively. There are so many wishes and hopes for vacations to be blissful and amazing. We all know they very rarely actually are that all the time. And you need the space to talk about what isn't working, but you also really have to to emphasize and put a lot of effort on speaking positively throughout the trip. So, you know, everyone's excited to go out to the beach and have the picnic and play at the beach for the day. Let's not complain about the sand because the sand is going to be there. You're at the beach. Let's speak positively about the day because it's going to make it a nicer experience for everyone. There are problems in almost everything that we can set up, and there are ways to look at every single um, adventure as as negative or to find the thing that's not working that could have made it so much better. And I think it's really important, especially if there is um, someone like a, a – I think of my parents who really took us on this vacation – You don't want them feeling like, well, why did we do this? It wasn't as fun. And so speaking positively no matter what and really saying that thank you at the end and talking about and highlighting moments that were positive is really important to communicate with one another. I'm often thinking about that balance, that sort of vacation being on the other side of the scale from work. Yeah, yeah. And we often say bring your best self 
to work, work situations and work relationships, let's bring some of that, bring your best self to the other side of the scale and bring your best self. You don't want to turn vacation into work, but a little bit of investment in in bringing your best self to that experience will help you enjoy it and create those memories that are worth taking home with you later on. Well, we are definitely feeling rested, relaxed, and ready to be back at Emily Post. We are very excited to be back here with you, and we hope that any of you who are planning vacations are thinking positively and setting realistic expectations, and we hope you have a wonderful time. We like to end our show on a high note, so we turn to you to hear about the good etiquette you're seeing and experiencing out in the world, and that can come in so many forms. Today, we hear from Gigi. Hello, Lizzie and Dan. I want to thank you for all you do to keep the conversation around etiquette fresh, alive, and thoughtful. I've been listening for over a year, and I've had fun catching up on those early episodes, too. Moreover, I've told others about how wonderful this podcast is, and have enlisted my friends and family as avid listeners. Thank you. My etiquette salute goes out to my mom, Christine. Mom is 97 years old and entered an assisted living facility last year where she quickly made many new friends and became engaged in all aspects of this active community for seniors. I believe this is due to her awesome etiquette. She has always been a model of consideration, respect, and honesty and continues to be so in her senior years. Mom's warmth and interest in others is what has hallmarked her interactions with others for as long as I can remember. She raised my sisters and me to be kind, respectful, and genuine, and we have attempted to install those values in our own now-grown children. Another side to my mother's disposition that I believe falls into the etiquette realm is her attitude. She has always brought positivity and an optimism to everyday situations, whether pleasant or not, which boosts those around her. Mom is an inspiration in ageless etiquette. I'm sure her reach has impacted so many during her long life that she certainly deserves this warm etiquette salute. Best, Gigi Matthews. Gigi, thank you so much for that wonderful salute. That was lovely. It was as well written as almost anything we've received at this show. And it communicated so clearly about your mother. I I feel like I know her. I feel like I wish I knew her. And I really appreciate your sharing that with us. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone who sent us something. You can send us questions, comments, and salutes by email to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. Or you can leave us a message or text at 802-858-KIND. That's 802-858-5463. On Twitter, I'm at Daniel underscore Post. And I'm at Lizzie A. Post. That's Lizzie with an I-E. On Facebook, we're Awesome Etiquette and the Emily Post Institute. Please consider helping us out by becoming a sustaining member and visiting awesomeetiquette.emilypost.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Please consider leaving us a review. Our show is edited by Chris Albertine. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Chris.